It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Adult Bedtime Stories Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on different sexual topics designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is the sex education that you did not receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Ladyboy Gigi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. You are listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. <laughs> And tonight, we're talking about body image healing. It's a training program that I've come up with, and I'm very excited about tonight's topic. First, I'd like to cover who would benefit from taking the body image healing training program, and what doll does it involve? Well, any male or female who doesn't feel beautiful and radiant would benefit and learn new ways to become beautiful and feel really good in your sexy body. <laughs> and anyone in between as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> and tonight I have with me Paul. Hello. And he has completed the body image healing program. Mm-hmm. And 
I'd like to just say that it's an amazing program that will change your life. Mm -hmm. What would you expect from such a program? Well, in this program, there's a lot of healing on a psychosexual level. Yes, there is. We live in a very sex-negative world, and we are bombarded with sex-negative cultural mm -hmm. influences mm -hmm. and socialization. and well, With a, a pressure also to remain sexy-seeming, sexual, but not act on it. Yeah. And so what I have come up with is a program on retraining ourselves and redefining what beauty is mm -hmm. and how to become more sexy and beautiful, just as you are. <laughs> we live in a sex-negative culture, and there's many sex-negative cultural influences at work mm -hmm. in our lives. Think about Hollywood and... Yeah. The multimedia and how we're presented with this body beautiful image mm -hmm. that's been airbrushed and changed around mm -hmm. and they have makeup artists and a whole team of people creating mm. this image that we see. Yeah. And what human being can ever live up to such an image? And really feel beautiful. Yeah. When you have this airbrushed <coughs> and choreographed and people, makeup artists working mm -hmm. on them and hairdressers and stylists and... Not only that, but a, a, a lot of the stars you see like have eating disorders and the psychological toll that it takes on them is horrendous to have to be perfect constantly and you know a tabloid comes out and like oh look this starlet gained five pounds and all of a sudden she's not wanted in Hollywood anymore and has to prove herself and it it's really disgusting and terrible yeah and you know we compare ourselves to these mm -hmm. images we are bombarded with daily. Yeah. And somehow we feel, oh, I can't measure up to that. That's just not within my grasp. I'm not that perfect or that beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so what do we do? Uh, where do we turn? And how do we heal from being exposed and we get this double message anyway i mean the advertising promises sex and yeah. sexiness if you buy this product and yet we're told no you can't do that mm -hmm. not till you're married and then you can only do it to procreate <laughs> yeah and th you know that brings us to a whole nother portion of the sex negative cultural influences which is religion and how many messages it, it tells you about sex and your own body. You should fear your own body. You should be ashamed of your your body and your natural impulses. That the, the things that you derive pleasure from are sinful. And 
So you're supposed to feel bad about it. But then, you know, Hollywood comes and tells you, like, you want to try to seek out these these sexual experiences. And then advertisement tells you that you need to buy this facial product, this beauty product, this, you know, this brand of cigarettes, this brand of soda, and somehow it's going to make you sexual. You're bombarded with so many different messages, some of them completely conflicting, and it's no wonder that it really screws us all up. And I think there's even a deeper force mm-hmm. with, you know, we grow up being told, you know, you're supposed to be, especially for women, mm-hmm. you're told you're supposed to be pretty and <laughs> reserved and mm-hmm. and you've got to attract a husband. Mm-hmm. But if you're too attractive, then it might entice a man in the yeah. wrong way. And you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And wh- how much is too much? How much is not enough? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's this double message and double standard yeah. that we all have to live by. And men kind of become victims of this. You know, oh, it's yeah, like definitely. All men think about is sex all the time, 24-7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just not true. I mean... I don't think about sex. There's a few minutes in a day that I don't think <laughs> about sex. <laughs> but I do get into sex a lot, so what yeah. can I say? <laughs> but not everyone is you, either. True. And I have an odd... I mean, I say that kind of jokingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not always thinking about sex. Oh, I know. And then we think, oh, there's something wrong. And we're kind of trained from early on that men are the pursuers of sex and mm-hmm. women are the gatekeepers of sex. Yeah. And if a woman sleeps around a lot, she's a whore mm-hmm. or a slut. And men, if they don't pursue after women, they're kind of considered... There's something wrong with that man. <laughs> they're a wimp. They're a sissy. They're yeah. And so we get all these different messages and stereotypes mm-hmm. from living in a sex-negative culture. And I'd kind of like to take a minute and redefine what is beauty. Mm-hmm. What do you think beauty is, Paul? There are so many things in the world that are beautiful and everyone has aspects within them that are completely beautiful and I I think that people that are truly beautiful are only people that are really good at knowing their own strengths and playing to their strengths consistently and then also know what their weaknesses are and then work on their their weaknesses to get a stronger confidence and and not run into some of the pitfalls they naturally would. And kind of checked out Webster's definition of Mm -hmm. beauty, and it's like, it doesn't really define beauty. It kind of hints at what beauty is. And from my philosophy background, Mm -hmm. especially studying Socrates, 
mm-hmm. he was the master of counterexample, and he once even asked, what is the definition of beauty? Uh-huh. And nobody could give a satisfactory answer. So beauty kind of is elusive in certain ways. Yeah, definitely. And to some degree, it's very uh, subjective. Mm-hmm. We all kind of have a different definition of what is beautiful. Yeah. And what appeals to us and what attracts mm-hmm. us. I think there's certain things about beauty that we can look at that help us define more clearly what beauty really truly is, Mm -hmm. some of the attributes of beauty. Yeah, and I think every... One of the attributes is beauty is usually part of the force of attraction. Mm -hmm. When we're attracted to something, it can be beautiful, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. But... We're not attracted, if th- we don't have attraction, mm-hmm. then beauty, mm-hmm. it's not beautiful to us. Yeah. So beauty does have an attractive force. It, mm-hmm. it calls upon us. Yeah, definitely. And I think beauty is something that's more than just physical beauty. Oh, yeah. It's spiritual beauty mm-hmm. and beauty of the character and beauty oh, yeah. of the person yeah how they that spark in their eye Mm -hmm. that radiance that their charisma zest for life their passions their uh, joys Mm -hmm. and you know the other thing that i kind of bring up a lot of times Mm -hmm. is that even the most stunning gorgeous actress Mm -hmm. yeah has a bad hair day oh yeah gets colds gets Mm -hmm. sick and or maybe is in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we're not beautiful 24-7. We all go through ups and downs. You know, also, like, how many times do you find out an actress or an actor that you, you really enjoy, you learn about their personal life and r- realize that they're a complete asshole, and all of a sudden you can't watch their movies without thinking about what they're like in real life and some of their beauty there there's a a tarnish that has grown over their beauty in your eyes yeah and so part for me of redefining what beauty is or at least looking a little deeper at the definition of Mm -hmm. beauty and what it means to me is how can I become more beautiful as a person Mm -hmm. what are the attributes I need to work on and I kind of think of it this way. I can't grow shorter. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> at least mm-hmm. I don't want any parts of my body shortening <laughs> surgically. <laughs> can't grow taller. Mm-hmm. Well, you can put lifts in your shoes, but there's a restriction. Yeah. You know, there's certain things that we can change a little bit about our physical form, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot. Yeah. So we're kind of with the body that we have. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, we can diet and lose weight Mm -hmm. to some degree. Some people are more successful than others at that. Yeah. And there's things we can do to cosmetics and things, Mm -hmm. the way we dress, Mm -hmm. how we move. Yeah. There's some things we can do to change our physical Mm -hmm. beauty. But pretty much we are born into a body. Yeah. And that body is partly designed by genetics and mm-hmm. um, through 
what we inherited from our parents. Yeah. <laughs> Genetically speaking. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole kind of lost effort to try to radically change yeah. our bodies. <laughs> but there are other things we can change mm-hmm. to become much more beautiful. Yeah. And one of those is through changing our attitudes and our values. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to tell a little story because this kind of pertains to it. When I was in Boy Scouts, we used to play a lot of practical jokes on one another, and we had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I was really mischievous and (laughs) did a lot of... I'm shocked. ...jokes and pranks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one day we were swimming in the swimming pool at the um, Boy Scout camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of the boys grabbed me and took off my swimsuit and thought it would be real fun to strip me naked and toss my suit around and Mm -hmm. watch me chase after it. And I started chasing after it. And I went swimming towards the guy that had it. And he tossed it across the pool over my head to the guy on the other side of the pool. So I turned around and started chasing. Mm Mm-hmm the swimsuit and to get it from him and he tossed it and I stopped for a minute and I thought do I really want to play this game mm-hmm. I thought you know here I am everybody's seen all the goodie box <laughs> 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 they see what I have <laughs> mm-hmm. what more can they see they can't you know it's it's yeah why bother <laughs> mm-hmm. so then I thought just enjoy skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I've never dived off a high dive. <laughs> so I got up on the high dive naked. I kind of did a little dance on the board as I walked out, <laughs> <laughs> swaggering out, fully mm. naked. And I dove into the pool and I started swimming. And it felt so good to not have the drag and restriction of clothes on me. Yeah. I mean, I glided through the water so awesomely. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh, I want to do a flip off the high dive. I've never done a flip naked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wonder how that would feel. So I got up and did a flip off the high dive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And one of the boys who was holding the swimsuit, he threw it back to me and said, here's your swimsuit. And I said, oh, no, I don't want this. I'm having fun. (laughs) <laughs> to it back to him. <laughs> and then I swam on, climbed out of the pool, and then the scoutmaster intervened, and he said, put your swimsuit on. So I had to put my swimsuit on. Yeah. But I looked around, and I noticed a lot of the other Boy Scouts were looking at me with awe and wonder <laughs> because I didn't play the game. Yeah. And I, I changed my attitude. I said, mm-hmm. okay. I'm naked, big deal. Have mm-hmm. fun with it. <laughs> and, you know, they were expecting me just to be totally in shock the whole time. Yeah. And, and, and by changing my attitude, I just, and going with the flow, mm-hmm. it just changed the whole yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it transformed my life. And it gave you power. And it gave me power. And I realized that in that moment that I'd become 
kind of this radiant beacon mm. and just was being admired and almost worshipped for being so wild and carefree about it. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. And just that little, you know, I know most people that would have kept chasing after the swimsuit mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I've got to hide myself. Yeah. And living by that, you know, mm-hmm. n- sex negative cultural value that we're not supposed to be naked in front of other people. Yeah. And by just playing and having fun with it, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I kind of became kind of a hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the day. <laughs> Mm. And I learned valuable lessons from that by yeah. changing my attitude. Yeah, for sure. And doing a shift in attitude. And, and it kind of reminds me of Tom Sh- Sawyer painting the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. Know. <laughs> Just by shifting that attitude a little bit and really taking pleasure in something instead of having the shock and the or the bad negative attitudes the and the shame and the guilt mm-hmm. uh, by just shifting ourselves a little bit we can transform our lives mm-hmm. and this applies in so many other areas but that was one of the first moments I realized the power of attitudes and values yeah I, I'd like to share with you a, yeah. a story about Um, a major shift in my attitude towards my life. I I grew up an awkward kid. I had a really bad overbite. I had some sort of physical problem, but we didn't know what it was for years. I walked with kind of a shift. I had speech problems. I, you know, I was just kind of an awkward kid and really felt left out and misunderstood and really pretty crummy about myself and generally depressed and unhappy. And then when I was in the fourth grade, uh, after seeing numerous specialists and getting nowhere, I finally got diagnosed with uh, cerebral palsy. And the year I got diagnosed with cerebral palsy, I went to the Texas Lions Camp, which is a camp for children with uh, disabilities, both mental and physical. And I went there, and all of a sudden, you know, I felt like I was just the most afflicted kid there was, other than, you know, a small number of outliers that I'd see in other parts of the special ed department. But, you know, those were few and far between. But now all of a sudden I'm in a camp where everyone, there's quadriplegic kids, there's deaf kids, there's blind kids, there's, you know, every sort of disability that a person could have, there's people that represent that disability. And all of a sudden I was the normal one. All of a sudden I was the most able person, bodied person there. But one of the main things I realized is that most of those kids were happy. They were truly happy in their lives. And I was really unhappy at the time. And it really got me to thinking, like, if 
these kids that are afflicted in these ways I could never imagine being afflicted can be happy, well, I can be happy too. And it didn't happen overnight, but slowly my, my, my outlook on life sh shifted and I grew to be a really, really happy individual and happy kid. And I really owe it to that shift in my perspective. Yeah, and that can be so such a big change. Mm -hmm. And it's partly that change in attitudes and mm -hmm. values. Yeah, exactly. It's that shift. And it can be amazing how it can transform your life when it occurs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it occurs purely by accident, like mm -hmm. when my swimsuit <laughs> got stolen. <laughs> and then your whole world transforms, and it's like you become something amazing mm -hmm. from the experience. Yeah. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about validation, mm -hmm. because this is kind of related. Yeah. Uh, we have both internal validation and external validation. Internal validation occurs when we look in the mirror and we go, oh, you're sexy and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Or you just completed a diffi difficult task and you go, wow, I did it. I'm so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we validate ourselves. Yeah. External validation is when someone else admires what we did. Mm-hmm. And that can occur, unfortunately, in our culture, it occurs a lot less frequently than... Yeah, unfortunately. Um, we don't compliment each other enough, mm -hmm. and we don't give praise where praise is due often. Mm -hmm. And I like to bring that up because one of the things I discovered was that people aren't going to bend over backwards to pat me on the back. <laughs> yeah. But if I really s change my attitude and give myself validation mm -hmm. for all the extra effort I put into things and my uh, my passions and my joys mm -hmm. and the work I do being dyslexic and ADHD mm -hmm. you know I had to put in a hell of a lot of extra oh study yeah. time mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really took that internal mm -hmm. validation yeah. to keep me going through mm -hmm. and to see me through some of the rough mm -hmm. times. And there were some rough times. Oh, yeah. And so I can't stress enough how important it is mm -hmm. to stop every so often and go, you know, even though things have been difficult, you've done a damn good job, Gigi. Yeah. <laughs> and validate yourself mm -hmm. and part of the amazing thing that occurs when we stop and really look at what we've accomplished mm -hmm. is that we become more beautiful oh yeah in a way yeah definitely we shine out a little brighter mm -hmm. because we've validated ourselves we've mm -hmm. seen and it has to be something real not something oh, yeah. phony but validation can be such a powerful tool when it comes to mm -hmm. really becoming more radiantly beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the things I discovered early on was that 
I was, you know, I didn't feel very beautiful. Mm -hmm. I went through a very rough mm -hmm. childhood. Yep. And fortunately, I had a good friend that said, you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, Gigi. Mm -hmm. You don't have to mean it. You don't have to believe mm -hmm. it. And say, y you're an awesome person, Gigi. <laughs> and compliment yourself. Mm -hmm. And recognize some of the things you accomplished. Mm -hmm. In spite of all the obstacles. Yeah. And, and I started doing that. And at first it felt kind of silly and foolish mm -hmm. um what the hell am i doing this feels weird <laughs> yeah but after doing it regularly every day mm -hmm. all of a sudden i started going yeah i'm i am a good person i'm yeah. an amazing person <laughs> yeah i am beautiful and sexy mm -hmm. and i realize we start believing what we tell ourselves mm-hmm and it becomes a self-fulfilling pro prophecy. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever had some experiences like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, y you know, y the, the things that you tell yourself definitely make a huge, huge change in your life. I... I used to think that I wasn't very good at time management, that I wasn't very good at, like, doing all the things that I had agreed to do, and that I would, uh, I would forget obligations that I had, and I would tell myself these things constantly. And then I realized that a lot of that negative stuff that I was telling myself had come not from me but from my father and from my school and from you know teachers and you know all sorts of people throughout my life and I just kind of believed them but when I changed the way that I started talking to myself all of a sudden this part of my life I had always had you know a, a rough part with I got so much better at all of it and it just seemed like I had more time on my hands even though I didn't yeah and you know partly feeling good about yourself and creating good boundaries and mm -hmm. you know agreeing to do the things you can do but mm -hmm. also not just jumping in and Saying, yeah, I'll do that. I'll volunteer. Mm -hmm. When you know you've already got a pretty full play. Yeah. <laughs> Those are also some things that oh, yeah. help to not overstress yourself. Yeah. And to really set your priorities mm -hmm. to do the things that are important y for you. Yeah. And one of the things. And I've it's honoring yourself. Yeah. W one of the things I've uh, definitely learned is if I want to be a strong person and a good person to the people in my life, I've got to take care of myself first or I'm not going to be very good for the people around me. Oh, yeah. And I'd like to kind of move back on, to back to beauty. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things we can easily change mm-hmm. is taking time to go window shopping. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even, uh, I remember I used to wear clo- hand-me-down clothes mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was the oldest, so I don't know who they were handed down from. <laughs> but, <laughs> but somehow my parents always seemed to find these horrible clothes for me. <laughs> And I had a friend that he dressed really sharp and mm-hmm. looked good. And I one day went up to him and I said, can you show me how to dress mm-hmm. more uh, sexy? Yeah. And m- help me put together at least one outfit where I look mm-hmm. hot. And so he went shopping with me and mm-hmm. we bought me an outfit. Mm-hmm. And... Then I put it on, and it didn't feel quite right. I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this, you know, this is weird. Yeah. But he convinced me. He said, yeah, go ahead. Go to a party. Mm-hmm. We've got a party this weekend. Yeah. Wear it to the party. See what happens. Mm-hmm. So I did. And at first I felt kind of awkward and kind of like overdressed or something. Mm-hmm. But then I started getting compliments from people. Mm-hmm. And people were coming up to me and going, wow, you look really look good. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized something deep inside me started emerging. And mm-hmm. I started feeling more sexy and mm-hmm. alluring. And, and it was the power of just dressing up a little bit mm-hmm. and being a little more sexy brought that sexy side Mm -hmm. out of me. We do have in the training program an exercise to go out window shopping Mm -hmm. and maybe take a friend that you think, oh, this friend really dresses great. Mm -hmm. Let me get them to help me pick out Mm -hmm. outfits. Yeah. And it's amazing what it Mm -hmm. can generate in you when you finally get a really sexy hot outfit and wear it. Yeah. So part of body image healing is to use what we can to bring our inner sexy self out. Mm-hmm. And that includes our wardrobe. And oh, yeah. It can include more than just clothing. It can be mm-hmm. some makeup or yeah. doing my hair. I mm-hmm. had my hair all done. Mm-hmm. And I even uh, had it curled and... Mm-hmm. Oh, was, and I, I've always had pretty long hair oh for yeah. a guy. <laughs> but just making a few simple changes in mm-hmm. how I looked was amazing. I'd like to kind of get on to another part of healing the psychological and psychosexual side of not feeling attractive. And unfortunately, oftentimes we can tell ourselves things that are kind of vicious. Things like, oh, I'll never be good at that. Or, no, I'll never, uh, I'm not sexy. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, why should I even try? Yeah. Such a loser. And we can be sometimes our worst enemy. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 
And so I like to do the exercise of checking out my mind talk. I had a good friend at one point that said, why don't you check it out? Is this really true and mm-hmm. where is it coming from? Yeah. And when I started really examining it, I realized, wow, I am being kind of hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And I started checking it out. And want being dyslexic and ADHD, I was told, oh, I'll never amount to anything. Yeah. I'm lazy. I'm mm-hmm. And I started believing that. Yeah. And we don't even, I never really checked out my mind talk. Yeah. I never realized how much negative stuff I was Mm -hmm. telling myself. Oh, yeah, because it just becomes normal. Yeah. I mean, you don't even pay much attention. It's just kind of in the back of your mind, Mm -hmm. yakking away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so once I started checking it out and going, well, where did did this come from? Well, I was told by teachers and by... Mm -hmm parents and by all kinds of people that yeah because i was dyslexic i was kind of broken (laughs) and i said is this really true and once i started identifying where it was coming from and why i was saying these things i started turning it around and Mm -hmm. i said you know I may have to do it in a different way. It may take me a little longer, but if others can learn it, I can learn it. Yeah. And originally I was told, don't even think about college. Mm-hmm. And if I'd believed them and let the mind talk take mm-hmm. over, I probably never would have attempted college. Yeah. But I did. Mm-hmm. And not only did I get a bachelor's degree, I got a master's degree too Mm -hmm. (laughs) it took a lot of work yeah but and there's times when i had to study things in very different ways Mm -hmm. i remember one time i was taking a foreign language class and that was really difficult but what Mm -hmm. i finally wound up doing was hanging all these banners writing french words on them from the ceiling to the mm-hmm. floor and just rehearsing it and going over it and mm-hmm. because I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. And in college, the back in those days, they said, oh, you have to hear it, yeah. hear it only. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't learn that way. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out a different way to learn this thing. Yeah. And that was one of the requirements I had to graduate from my undergrad. It was the last thing I had to... Uh, tackle before I could get my degree. Mm-hmm. So it's taking time and realizing and telling myself that you can do this. You just have to do it differently. Yeah, definitely. I think another example was people always said, well, the, you know, you're so scrawny. And I'd, I didn't even weigh over 100 pounds till I was 23. Mm-hmm. That's a skinny little kid. <laughs> but one of the things that I just, you know, and I was kind of hard on myself for a long time about that. And I started one day checking it out. I said, was well, it really true? I've got long arms. I've got long legs. Am I really scrawny or am I, 
are my arms and legs elegant in their length? Mm-hmm. And I can be graceful in my movements. And on top of that, I can reach behind the refrigerator mm-hmm. and the wall <laughs> and get to things that <laughs> nobody else can reach because <laughs> mm-hmm. I am so skinny and long-handed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I saw, started seeing the positive side of being skinny and it just transformed again mm-hmm. the way I saw and felt about myself. Yeah. All of a sudden I wasn't this scrawny little kid. I was elegant and beautiful in my stature mm-hmm. <laughs> and graceful. Yes. And it led me later on to take a modern dance class. Mm-hmm. And I would have never thought of doing that <laughs> as a scrawny kid. Yeah. But by changing my mind talk, all of a sudden it opened new doors for mm-hmm. me. Have you ever had experiences like that? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I I had, you know, talked a little bit before about um, changing my, my habits surrounding my time management and things like that. But um, other things that I have uh, successfully worked on through changing the w- the way I, I looked at them have been, um, you know, I used to feel not very conf- confident in my sexual performance, uh, particularly um, surrounding uh, the issue of, uh, you know, I used to have a problem premature with premature ejaculation. And as I have worked with you, I have gained more confidence in my sexual ability. And a lot of it has to do with the things that I'm telling myself. And, you know, I changed the way I was talking to myself and I see results and I feed off of that and just continue to let it grow and build and it continues to build every day that's the thing I'm still working on and plan on working on for quite a very long time and I I only will get better from here and I have seen psychological studies that show that creating new thinking patterns and Mm -hmm. new habits you have to practice them for about 60 days before you see Mm -hmm. it really take hold fully Mm -hmm. Uh, it does take a little time but the time is so well worth it yeah (laughs) i'd like to talk a little bit about competition because we live in such a competitive world everything from beauty contests to Mm -hmm. you name it sports racing even academia oh yeah and One of the things I learned is that, and this gets back to changing attitudes and values, I really cannot truly compete against another person Mm -hmm. because, well, number one, being dyslexic and ADHD, there's no contest. (laughs) Yeah. But I can compete fairly with myself. Mm -hmm. And we're all have gifts and we all have our kind of limits and we have our 
drawbacks and our strengths. And one of the things I learned was that what is more important is not to compete against others, but to compete against myself. And I, not really against myself, but with myself. Mm-hmm. And by competing with myself, I s- take something and create a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I study something new mm-hmm. and explore something new and develop new skills. And by competing with with myself, mm-hmm. instead of looking at, oh, I don't measure up to other people, I go, wow, I can look back and say, I accomplished something amazing. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. And I learned a new skill today. Mm-hmm. And, s- you know, you can do that with simple tasks or complex ones. Oh, yeah. But if you do it with complex ones, break them down to a series of simple tasks. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, things can seem very daunting when you look at it as a whole. But when you start breaking it down piece by piece, each of the the steps themselves don't seem nearly as daunting. And then you just work through the steps and all of a sudden you look back and you're able to do this thing that seemed so crazy and monumental before and now you can do it. One of the things I discovered was that I have so many different interests. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I started exploring some of these. Mm -hmm. You know, I was horrible at the three big sports in school. Mm -hmm. But I discovered I was great at sailing and horseback Mm -hmm. riding. And those were skill sets that I didn't even know I had at the time. Yeah. Until I tried it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I tried new things and explored new things, and mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. And part of it was going into it with the attitude of, you know, I want to check this out and see if I can master this skill today. Mm-hmm. And how much can I progress mm-hmm. in a certain area? Yeah. And there's things I tried that were absolute flops. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's not for me. Yeah. But we're all built a little different. Mm -hmm. And by exploring and competing with myself, Mm -hmm. instead of not winning the big race, Mm -hmm. I've won all my races in life. Yeah. And so it's a whole shift in attitude again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'd like to move on to charisma. I remember meeting someone long, long ago, and the person wasn't real attractive, but they had this magnetism. There's something about them that just was very attractive, and, you know, I just wanted to be around that person. Uh, They were amazing, and Mm -hmm. I discovered the word charisma, Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, they're charismatic. What does what is charisma? Mm-hmm. And I realize, okay, there's cert- if we break it down, there's certain qualities about charisma that we can change in our lives. Oh, yeah. And part of that is being fully present with people. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I notice in my life, 
I'd be thinking about what I wanted to say. I was, I'd be, my mind would be racing 90 miles an hour on different ideas. And I wasn't really hearing the person I was talking to. I wasn't fully present with them. And by just learning to really hear other people and be fully present with them, it all of a sudden drew them to me. Yeah. There's that magnetism. Mm -hmm. And that's something that was relatively easy to change. Mm -hmm. And part of it was through learning some psychological Mm -hmm. tricks, like active listening. Mm -hmm. I'd listen to what they said and then kind of reflect back to them as you know, if, am I hearing you right? And then I'd paraphrase what they said. Mm-hmm. And it, by doing that exercise, it kind of forced me to be more fully present mm-hmm. and really hear people yeah. and stop thinking oh, about what I was going to say next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started really kind of getting into being fully present with the person. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the tools we can use to become more attractive to other people. Mm-hmm. And to radi- be more radiant. Yeah. And charisma can be very powerful. It's a very powerful force. Mm-hmm. And it can make us be more beautiful. Yeah. Not on a physical mm-hmm. side, but more on that spiritual and mental side. Yeah. Have you had any experiences or... Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Uh, Particularly with uh, the act of listening that you're you're talking about. Um, I... (coughs) So, I spent several years of my life uh, hitchhiking around the country. And doing that, you wind up meeting a lot of people. And when you listen to them and actively listen to them in a way where they know that you are listening to what they're saying and thinking about it and considering it they they open up to you they they in the in in turn they like you more and then you know one of the things that i i find is really good with active listening is when you look for things that bind you together with someone instead of the things that uh, that like pull you apart. Yeah, seeing the some of the similarities mm-hmm. between you instead of the differences. Exactly. Because too often we kind of the differences are kind of blaring. They're easy to see mm-hmm. often. <laughs> It's uh, similarities that can sometimes be hidden. Yeah, And I think focusing on where we do have similarities Mm -hmm. and hearing someone's story. Yeah. And hearing someone else's journeys and about their journeys in life and their interests and why they have them and Mm -hmm. why they have the point of view they have. It can be fascinating. Yeah, like one of the um, conclusions I came to was when I first started hitchhiking, you know, I'd listen to people talk and I thought they were 
kind of boring or bland. And then I realized it was just very pompous of me to decide that my motivations were so much greater than their motivations. So what if the best thing in their life was, you know, church on Sundays and, you know, watching football on Monday and having a barbecue on the 4th of July and, you know, some of the things I thought of as relatively mundane. But, you know, these were the things that were lighting these people up. And they were, you know, and the more I realized that these people were awesome, amazing people, I realized it was very pompous of me to consider those things uh, mundane or pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that has helped me a lot is working on self-confidence. Mm-hmm. When we become self-confident, we tend to stand prouder and taller, and mm-hmm. you can tell when someone's self-confident. Oh, yeah. And they do have a kind of radiant glow mm-hmm. about them that's very attractive and very special. And so I think part of beauty is becoming self-confident. And there's times when I've tried things that I wasn't real sure about. Mm -hmm. But I thought, went into it with the attitude of, I'm going to give this a shot. I know I can do this. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't 100% feel that way, I thought, I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to do it. And many times I'd surprise myself Mm -hmm. and really come out ahead of the game, so to speak, and do things that I didn't even think I could do Mm -hmm. at the time when I tried them. And I think it's that, you know, just once again, changing that attitude a little bit. Oh, yeah. And saying, uh, instead of saying, oh, I don't know anything about this. Mm Mm-hmm take a little time research it a little bit mm-hmm. before you try it and then there's doing what i call the victory stance mm-hmm. and basically this is a nice self-confidence boost mm-hmm. think back to a time when you were winning and or accomplishing something amazing in your life mm-hmm. how did you feel Really kind of picture that in your mind, how you felt at the time, how good it felt, and picture how how did you express that with your body. Mm-hmm. And you see it in sports all the time. People that f- cross the finish line, they mm-hmm. you know, expand their body out, and they kind of do their victory stance or dance mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it enlarging mm-hmm. the whole self by expanding our arms and mm-hmm. our, we do our little happy dance and what they found is that when we do th- that position mm-hmm. it releases a lot of good hormones and mm-hmm. other chemicals inside our brains and we feel more confident mm-hmm. so one of the things I learned was that before I have to get in front of people and give a speech or Mm -hmm. perform in some way, if I take a few minutes and do my Mm 
victory stance and just picture for a moment, for a moment being utterly victorious in the past mm-hmm. and taking that stance and going, oh, yeah, you rock, Gigi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I walk in and I come in glowing with that confidence. Mm-hmm. A little trick to really come into something new and uncertain, but come into it with that full confidence. Mm-hmm. And when you do, what happens is that you kind of see things in a whole new light. Mm-hmm. And you're able to do more than what you could if you went in with this, oh, I don't know if I can even really do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> and by changing that attitude, all of a sudden, you can do the mm-hmm. things that you least expected you could ever do mm-hmm. and succeed. Yeah. Another aspect of all this, mm-hmm. and these are practices to really heal the uh, body image, mm-hmm. our self-image, mm-hmm. and become more s- sexy and amazing and uh, creative, is to write up some morning affirmations. Mm-hmm. And you can get those from your self-talk. Mm-hmm take some of the negative and turn it around, question it, and go, okay, I'm not a scrawny little kid. Mm -hmm. I'm long and elegant. Mm -hmm. Or I'm robust and beautiful and curvy and shapely. Mm -hmm. Whatever your size or form. And start telling yourself this every morning. Mm -hmm. Make a few statements each morning. Or use some statements that I've already put together for mm-hmm. living and creating a more sex-positive life. Mm-hmm. I have put together some sex-positive morning yeah. affirmations. Mm-hmm. And by listening or even reading them and stating them to yourself every mm-hmm. morning when you first get up, it can really have a power effect yeah. in your life. Yeah, definitely. And I know you've experienced this. Oh, yeah. I've seen you go through some changes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, since I've been doing morning a- affirmations, I've felt far more confident. Um, and, like, my confidence within doing the affirmations has grown a lot. I trust myself and I believe myself when I say these things every morning. And I've seen a lot of things that I've been wanting to turn around in my life kind of turn around and change uh, and shift in ways that they they hadn't before you know even though I've known that a lot of these were problems that I've had for a long time and it just took you know taking several minutes every day to to kind of train myself and I find myself you know in my daily life when something that pertains one of my morning affirmations come up when that negative self-talk would normally uh, be kind of peaked uh, instead I you know I remember like no I you know I am capable of of 
doing these things that at one point I thought I was bad at. When I first started doing my morning affirmations, I was told, you don't have to believe in it, just do it. Mm-hmm. Try it out for a while. And, and mm-hmm. I had a friend that said, I want you to challenge yourself and do this for 60 days mm-hmm. and see what kind of ma- difference it makes in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And at first it felt silly saying, oh, Gigi, I love you mm-hmm. in the mirror. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is kind of vain. But then I kept doing it and repeating it. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, I do love myself, but not in a vain way. Yeah. In a very amazing, empowering way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I am a good person, mm-hmm. an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And by saying these things to myself, mm-hmm. it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And the way it works is that, you know, we really do... Our subconscious mind is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And through our mind talk, we're telling ourselves, our subconscious mind, oh, I can't do this. I'm a loser. I'm mm-hmm. this. And the subconscious mind makes it happen. Yeah. If you turn that mind talk, that self talk around, mm-hmm. then the subconscious mind goes, oh, wait. Okay, we'll make this happen then. Yeah. And so we start changing. But Mm -hmm. it does take time. Yeah. I'd like to move on to our next topic, which Mm. is developing passion. And passion is that fire that you get in the eyes, that spark, Mm. that sparkle, and that joy and zest for life. Mm. And I'm sure you've seen people that just have deep passion for something. It may be a hobby, it may be something they do professionally, but they just got this deep passion. Mm-hmm. Well, and we think, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I wish I had more passion. Well, it's not something we have or don't have. We generate it. Mm-hmm. And the way we generate it is by discovering. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't feel like you have an area in your life that you feel passionate about, uh, explore some of your interests Mm -hmm. and take a timer for three minutes, just brainstorm and dump everything you can think of that might be an interest you have. Mm -hmm. Write them out on a piece of paper. And after the three minutes, Sit down with your list of words Mm -hmm. and go, uh, or ideas or concepts, and rank order them, one to ten. Yep. One being, well, it's something okay, I guess, to Mm -hmm. ten. Well, this sounds really fun to explore. (laughs) Yeah. And then after you've rank ordered them, Take your eight and above, one at a time, and explore that Mm -hmm. activity for a week. Just one hour a day for a week. Mm -hmm. It may be, and learn what you can about it. Yeah. And start exploring it and see if it is a passion. Mm -hmm. If it will flourish in your system by doing it. 
and especially the tens. Go with the tens first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And explore and let those passions come to life. Mm-hmm. And by actually getting into it and doing it through the process, the passion will build mm-hmm. around the things, and you'll discover, oh, I can have passion. Mm-hmm. A very fired up passion. But we have to nurture it and yeah. develop it over time. It mm-hmm. doesn't just fall out of the sky on us. Yep. And along with passion, it's one of my favorite topics, raising sexual energy. Oh, I know. <laughs> and mm. by raising sexual energy, we, you know, we don't either have sexiness mm-hmm. or don't have it we generate it mm-hmm. it's something we can bring up in our bodies and it will shine out as we experience it yeah and so raise some sexual energy there is some tools you can use mm-hmm. a guided erotic meditation yeah fantasies explore your fantasies oh yeah explore your entire body mm-hmm Get naked when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Take a bath beforehand. Mm-hmm. And just touch yourself. And let that sexual energy rise up inside you. Yeah. And explore it. And s- just don't try to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Don't try to take it anywhere. Just mm-hmm. experience it. And let that erotic energy rise up in your body. And you'll be amazed as the erotic energy rises up. Mm -hmm. The way you touch yourself, the way your touch receptors Mm -hmm. transform is almost like magic. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. We're walking around. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we walk, we're stimulating, whether male or female, we're Mm -hmm. stimulating our genitals. Oh, yeah. But we barely notice it, if at all. Probably Mm -hmm. don't even consciously aware of it most of the time. But when we're with ourselves or with a partner Mm -hmm. and we start playing, all of a sudden that erotic energy rises and our bodies become transformed. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that sensation gets erotified. Mm. <laughs> I guess that's not really a word, but... <laughs> it can be now. But uh, all of a sudden we become receptive, more receptive to erotic touch. Mm-hmm. And it stimulates us and gives us such amazing pleasures. Oh, yes. And as you explore these things... I'd like to bring up the subject of masturbation. (laughs) Masturbation is an amazing thing, especially when you get into the art of masturbation. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we can look at some porn and do a real quick jerk off or maybe get the vibrator out and play (laughs) with the, uh, polish the pearl a little bit (laughs) uh, and do quickies, but to truly explore your body and pleasure mm-hmm. your body and not just your genitals but your yeah. entire body 
explore it and find out where you like to be touched. Mm-hmm. What gets when y- as you raise the erotic energy in your body, how does it transform the way you receive touch? Mm-hmm. What areas become highly aroused through touch? Mm-hmm. And for everybody, it's going to be a little different. Yeah. And there's some similarities. I know mm-hmm. I get a little, I mean, my nipples get erect. Oh, yeah. Just from being played with around them. Mm-hmm. Or when you, I found out that I have a very hot erogenous zone with my feet. I mm-hmm. love having my toes sucked. Yeah, and I, I, kno- I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> and so you may discover some new erogenous zones mm-hmm. around your neck or ears. Now, some I had a girlfriend once that oh, she gave her the willies to if I even came near her ears. <laughs> but she liked other things. <laughs> yeah. So we're all mm-hmm. built a little different. But yeah. explore your body. See what turns you on. Mm-hmm. And then masturbate. Yeah. And it can be with the goal of orgasm or you can just mm-hmm. edge the orgasm. Oh yeah. And I'll eventually do a whole show on <laughs> edging the orgasm. Mm. Cuz that can be a pretty amazing mm-hmm. thing in and of itself. Look but just explore your erotic body mm-hmm. and let it come alive. Mm-hmm. By bringing it alive after, you know, I do my morning Mm-hmm. affirmations each time i do them i raise my erotic energy before i do them and yeah. while i'm doing them yeah and it energizes us and we glow with that passion mm-hmm. and that sex it helps mm-hmm. us release more of the pheromones and mm-hmm. the attractive attractants mm-hmm. chemicals in yeah. our bodies and we look prettier and mm-hmm are more enticing to others oh yeah when we regularly raise our erotic energy mm-hmm. and once again that's part of one of the things we can change to become more beautiful and attractive mm-hmm. to others <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're coming up oh wow we've already gone an hour oh wow our last little part is on telling your story mm-hmm and oftentimes we we've struggle in life and we've mm-hmm. worked through difficulties and we kind of put it behind us mm-hmm. but i found there's a really amazing gift that we can give to others mm-hmm. in telling about some of those hardships we went through and how we mm-hmm. overcame them yeah and became self-empowered and Mm -hmm. managed through the struggle and succeeded Mm -hmm. for eons storytelling has been the art and the you know it's occurred around many a campfire through the millennia Mm -hmm. where we tell our stories Mm -hmm. and it's through storytelling that we become bigger than ourselves in Mm -hmm. a sense yeah. Uh, we tell about our challenges mm-hmm. and how we overcame them. Mm-hmm. And it helps other people learn, oh, if he can do it and these, his, this is the way they did it, yeah. maybe I can too. Mm-hmm. And so telling your story can also 
mm-hmm. help you become more attractive and beautiful. Yeah. So, any comments before we end the show? Um, just that I want to thank everyone out there for listening. Um, and I hope that you have gotten as much out of this podcast and the things in it as I have over, you know, the the last little period of time that I've been working on this. I've been working on this stuff for the last couple of weeks and it's it's all been really amazing for me and I hope that it's really amazing for you and changes your life. And to help you out, if you need more guidance through some of this, we do have the Body Image Healing training program Mm -hmm. feel free to check it out Mm -hmm. I have many exercises that you can perform Mm -hmm. that will help structure this whole process and help you become more beautiful and radiant and Mm -hmm. give you that sparkle in your eye Mm -hmm. and that inner beauty that will radiate out to the world Mm mm-hmm Enjoy and good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture aren't provided with the sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It is assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. If you hear a topic you enjoy on the show and are interested in learning more about that topic, check out Ravenslayer Adult Education Training Videos. The address is www.ravenslayer.com com forward slash videos. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. Explore everything sexual. Good night. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.